Welcome to the New Reality Show, where you can call in live for laser coaching and engage in Q&A with doctors Art Emrich and Christina Winsey. Discover how to master the power of your mind, body, and spiritual energies. Get empowered to create your new reality for more happiness, well-being, and success. It's that time again, Dr. Art. Here we go again. Yay! (laughs) Short week. (laughs) Short week. I look forward to this every, every week. It's just a joy. Yes. So um, how are you this week? Doing very well, I think. Uh, Just uh, looking forward to tonight. After reading this uh, bio of Anne, I, I just am amazed at what she's been able to do. And I hope everybody else will take an enormous amount of encouragement and inspiration from her story. Absolutely. Well, we are the New Reality Solutions Show and welcome everybody. We want to thank our subscribers, our faithful subscribers who help us keep the lights on. Um, And if you get value out of this show, I'm going a shameless plug to ask you to think about becoming a subscriber as well. So after you've watched our show, if you feel that we have a good mission um, and you'd like to support us. Uh, you can find that on our show page, and Thomas is putting it on the screen right now. And uh, you can start for as little as $2.99. Our mission, so just so you know, is because we wanted to help a lot of people. And in our private practices, one on one, we can help a few people. And yes, there's six degrees of separation, but We wanted a wider audience where we could provide free solutions, uh, things that you can implement on your own at home. And we always have free handouts and our guests always have free gifts. And that is our our goal because the world's been through a lot for two years, has it not, Dr. Art? And getting ready to go through more the next two years, too. So we (laughs) we really think we're right in the place where we need to be. Yeah, we want to help people with anxiety and stress and all that all that life is uh, presenting us with. So with that, we're going to get started. Um, We always start with a tip of the week from Dr. Art, and I always look forward to it. So take it away, Dr. Art. Me too. Well, (laughs) this one, uh, in keeping with our one word uh, tip descriptor, uh, the word uh, for this week is position. And I want to bring a little bit of NLP technology in. So um, I'll, I'll go through this quickly. If you want to have the handout, it's available. Um, if you're um, plagued by lots of uh, negative emotions, uh, grief, uh, sorrow, um, could be anger, uh, disappointment, things like that. Those are typically uh, emotions that come from the past, from some past event. And it would have been appropriate for you to feel that way. But then when you bring that emotion into the present where it doesn't really belong, then you begin to mess up your daily life with something that happened a long time ago. Um, So um, what I want to do is to say, uh, just imagine an event that you were involved in from the past. Could be yesterday, last week, last month, last year, whenever it is. And just get get an idea of that event 
And I would ask the question as a therapist, can you see yourself in that picture? If you can, you are in what's called a dissociated state. That's not the way it really happened. You weren't watching yourself. You were in your body. You were experiencing it. You were feeling. You were seeing what you saw and and uh, hearing what you heard. And um, so you stored that, though, in a dissociated state. That's very helpful because if you're dissociated, the impact of those emotions is much lower. The other way you could remember it is associated, where you're in your body, you're looking out through your eyes, you're feeling what you feel, and you're hearing what you hear, and you're getting the full blast of whatever happened a long time ago. If it was negative, you're feeling all of it. So a real helpful thing is to be able to move into the dissociated state, where it's like you're across the room looking back at yourself, or you're up in the corner of the ceiling looking down at yourself or wherever. You're just not in your body. And a lot of people, that's the way they store their memories. They watch themselves going through an event, and it never really happened that way at all. But we can store it that way if we want. So I want you to develop what's called position flexibility, where you can move into your body, you can move out of your body, depending on what position serves you better. So remember, you have a choice. I can experience this event in my body or out of my body? It's your choice. Hmm. Well, we definitely need a handout for that, Dr. Art. Because, Absolutely. I will yeah. send it to you right away here. Okay. One of the things that I think you experience too is that not all clients are versed with uh, what it means to be in their body and what it means to be out of their body. Right. So I get your description and hopefully... Um, if you want our handout, you can email us at contact at gmail.com and you can get our handouts and, uh, even from past shows. So we're happy to help you that way. I did want to say that, uh, we're so excited to have Ann Paparotti and, uh, this is a live call-in show. So if you would like to ask a question, if you would like to join the conversation, um, you can dial in the United States toll free at 1-888-627-6008. And uh, outside the U.S., it would be dialing direct 1-323-744-4831. And without further delay... I want to uh, tell you all about Anne Paparotti. She has endured some of life's most brutal blows. Her college best friend deliberately stealing her high school boyfriend. The loss of an infant child just shortly after she was thought to be out of danger. A belligerent and abusive husband. A child born with epilepsy. Uh, a family suicide being bitten by a poisonous snake that resulted in months of chronic illness before being diagnosed, relinquishing a cherished foster teen, I can't imagine that either, whose actions threatened her family, and much more. And despite all of this, Anne found the gift hidden within each of these experiences, the gift of choice in how to respond to the challenge. You know, we've all had challenges. So 
Um, but some come back from it and some do not. And Anne's going to help us learn how to come back from it. So in her book, The Gift of the Shift, Discover the Key Within to Unlock Your Best Life, Anne uses many of these experiences to show how can one open that gift lovingly instead of freezing up, becoming resistant or given into depression, resignation or other unhealthy emotions, one can choose a better, more life-affirming, adaptable approach that can lead to new possibilities and a better pathway forward. Anne Paparotti, PCC, is an international life, leadership, and relationship coach. She's dedicated to waking people up to living their best life by helping them untangle from their past, align with their values, and connect to their higher purpose. Anne captivates, educates, and inspires audiences by sharing her personal experiences of loss, transition, and triumph. She connects with clients in person and online through one-on-one and group coaching, speaking engagements, various teaching platforms, blogs, and magazine articles. Anne is known for the personal and compassionate way that she leads people to their own insights and growth. And uh, we'll be sharing with you about her book and uh, her free gift later on. And welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Chris and Dr. Art. And I just love your mission and I love NLP, Dr. Art. So thank you for sharing that today. It's your tip. Absolutely. Yeah. I am in absolute awe of being in your presence here, even, even on Zoom. After reading the story of your early life, I'm I'm surprised we're not visiting you in a mental institution or, <laughs> or or a prison or something like that. I just how did you how did you overcome all of this? It's amazing. Well, you know, there's a lot of people ask, you know, how I survived some of these things. And mm. let, let's go back a little bit. You know, I had a I had a good childhood, I had a very mm. happy childhood, and a lot of people probably that both of you speak to did not, but my trauma started in early adulthood. And it started with that first betrayal that you read in the, in the bio, it started with this betrayal of a a best friend. And so everything that I knew from childhood that I've been taught from childhood, which is that the world is a good place, that you be a good person and the world is good back is you know, good back to you. My religion taught me the golden rule and treat people as you would have them treat you. So all of a sudden my world was turned upside down when you're saved. So I was lost, completely lost. And as a child, people help us resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, something happens that's that's disagreeable and the teacher or the parent comes in, they help you make up. That wasn't happening here. And I did not know what to do with what was happening with a best friend and the other most important person in my life. And here I lost both of them and I lost them to one another. So I had no one to help me through this. They were the two people who knew my heart. So here I was, I felt myself sort of in this storm and, 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 and drowning and no, the two people who could save me were the two people who left me. So here I was in this loss, my world's upside down. And, and as we know, betrayal is one of the most hurtful human experiences. Mm-hmm. 
and when trust is broken, it's just so difficult to rebuild in life. And, and, and that betrayal, when that happened, you know, it's done, it's over with, but I'm the one that allowed it to keep happening. I allowed the pain to continue. I made it about me. So I said, what was wrong with me? What was, what was it about me? Why was I not a good enough friend that she would choose to her actions that led to this pain? Uh, was I not enough, good enough girlfriend? Not enough. We know that, you know, it always comes down to that not enough uh, assessment, self-assessment. And when I could not figure it out and I couldn't resolve it because there was no conflict resolution happening here, then I started self-betraying. So I call it the over and unders. I began overeating, over drinking, you know, anything to self-soothe and, and anesthetize myself, but ultimately it's betraying myself. And then the, the unders were underachieving, underperforming mm. because I was someone who was doing well in school and had my life planned out and was just on track with everything. And so I stopped showing up for life as me. So the betrayal that happened here and was done continued on and on Mm. through actions. And what I recognized from that point was that that led to the next choice and the next choice because I had redefined myself as not good enough, as not worthy. Now on the outside, on the outside, I picked myself back up, kept swimming, as they say, and I'll, and I'll share a little bit about that from the book in a moment. I figured out how to not drown in all of this. I came up for air and I started swimming. Okay. But I started swimming and I got in the first boat and the first boat happened to be an abusive husband. And I say that I hate that line in the movie is that Jerry Maguire, where it says, you complete me. <laughs> and I hate that. You know why? Because I, I needed to be completed. I needed someone to say that I was good enough to say I was better than. So this person who was in this boat that I needed knew all of us back at university. It's three years past. Now I swam, like I said, I, I got out of this undercurrent that I had gotten myself into and I moved forward. So we all think we're unstuck. We're okay. We're moving forward. Well, Mm. that's not the truth in my experience. I'm moving forward. I change schools. I get out of this. I quit opening my wound. First story of mine in the book is the gift of a bandaid, which is all about, Okay. With exposing your wound to being vulnerable, to being reopened, sometimes mm. you got to cover it and cooperate with time to let it heal. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did in this situation. I removed myself from the environment, changed environments, got around other people. I got away from the people that with all good intentions were keeping the wound open, saying, I can't believe they did that. Guess who I saw the other day? You know, all these things that just kept mm-hmm. me exposed, changed schools new people, go into aerobics, change my habits, all the right things on the outside. On the inside, there was still a hole. So someone to complete me was there because when you come from that place of need and lack and want, 
you're your victim still. Mm-hmm. So this person said all those things and it felt good. And it was filling up that hole that was on the inside that didn't show on the outside that was hidden behind a mask of achievement and success and moving forward. And in so doing, got in that boat. Ultimately, however, and it felt like what? It felt like love. It felt like love because I thought this had been love. That didn't turn out to be love. This felt like love, but it was a narcissist. And a narcissist, as we all know in, in our work, does idolizes you in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's what was happening. And then ultimately builds you up then to break you down. So there I was again, thrown out of my boat into yet another stormy sea, so to speak. And I found myself, you know, juggling while trading water again, trying to figure out my life. And mm-hmm. during that time period is when I, I lost a son and, and more on. So, well, I, first of all, oh my God, but second of all, um, I appreciate because of what what I do um, is you're drawing the correlation between the overs and the unders and what happened to you. Um, and I call it sock um, stress, overwhelm, coping karma. And it's yeah. it's where, <laughs> you know, something so overwhelming that you just don't know exactly what to do with it. And so you start using coping mechanisms. And the coping mechanisms develop their own problems. So you start overeating to soothe yourself. And before you know it, you've gained 10 pounds. So that's a problem on top of the problem that you had. So, yeah, I mean, that I love that correlation. But, um, yeah, so what was your... um, what was your biggest challenge in coming to terms with all this and, and finding that gift? Uh, Maybe I'm jumping ahead too much, but it's uh, the, all of these were big challenges. All of these were huge. Um, So how did you, how did you have the insight and write this book? from, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty always, but yeah. This came, it, it definitely came through more of the experiences. And I would say leading into uh, where I left off with, with having a child born in this marriage and losing that child, he was born prematurely and he, and he died two weeks into his short life. But finding then meaning and purpose from his life and, and being rejuvenated and expecting that his short life would change my husband, which it did, but not in the permanent sense, Mm. not in the permanent sense in the way that would affect our relationship. I'm, I'm sure it changed him on a level, but not in the way that would affect our relationship in the long run. And, but it changed him long enough that I was convinced to stay in a relation in this relationship because I believed something uh, was purposeful in my son's life intended for that as well. And I conceived another child and that child uh, became a uh, sort of a, I guess, 
a trigger point because I watched this child grow and develop into this wise little toddler <laughs> that that showed me a path out and what what I recognized and what I learned not in that moment and not not during this time but as I was growing after the loss of my first son because the 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 narcissistic abuse and if anyone's listening narcissistic abuse syndrome is a real thing we stay because we don't see an option there's fear involved but there are options you just need guidance so reach out okay so narcissistic abuse was happening to me i was beaten down i did not know who i was anymore and i did not feel worthy it was my 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 southern baptist upbringing it was, there was no divorce in my family. It was, you know, for better or worse, this is what I got. This is where I got to be. Okay. So I let my beliefs and I know, again, this is what you guys work with as well. My beliefs kept me there. My fear, fear-based values, values of all things kept me in an abusive marriage, but that's where I was. But the loss of my son started sparking something in me. And I started coming up for air again. And I said, this is not okay. And when my second son was born, I had a little more motivation and a little more motivation. But when he was 22 months old, there was an opportunity. And I believe anytime when someone is ready and it crosses with opportunity for change, that's when it happens. That's when it happens. And in the story, the gift of grits, I talk about, I'm on the diving board and I hate heights. I'm scared of heights. And so I could relate to this, the, the thought of being on the high dive and they won't let you come back down the, you know, the ladder, <laughs> but you're too scared to go off. So you're standing on the diving board and you're like, I can't, I can't jump but I can't go back down and you're up there. And then all of a sudden there's something that you get that courage to finally jump off in spite of your fear. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens and happened for me in a moment where my 22 month old stood up between his six foot four father and my five foot three, if I stretch self and said, no dad, I know mama, dad, I bad. And in that moment of being ready, I've been preparing myself to be ready to leave this marriage and that opportunity that my the wisdom of my son gave me and just that right from wrong that this toddler recognized and I dove off that diving board in that moment metaphorically and I said you need to leave and I never looked back now it wasn't easy I was dealing with a narcissist and he laughed at me And it took a a lot of guidance and a lot to keep moving forward out of that, but I did it. And, um, and it was from that to answer your question, Dr. Chris, that I started really getting in touch with who I was. And so the free gift you mentioned earlier is really what I did for myself. And so now what I try to help other people do, I realized I use a lot of water 
metaphors because I was a, a swimmer and a lifeguard. And I talk about my dad. I, in one of the stories, I talk about the gift of fluency. My dad taught me how to swim in a lake back home in Alabama. And I was so excited to learn how to swim because then I could go in the deep area and then, you know, hang out with the older kids and all this. But he insisted I learn how to float first. I'm mm. like, but that's so boring. You got to be still. <laughs> it's just little. And he said, no, you're going to learn how to float first because it may save your life one day. He said, you just learn how to swim. You're going to wear out and you're going to possibly drown. You've got to know how to float first. Then you can learn how to swim. And I remember I had no idea how important that lesson would be throughout my life, but floating, when you stop and rest in that stillness and slow down your, your breath and pause, and we all know the power in pausing, right? Your ears are underway. You can hear your breath. You can feel your heartbeat and your perspective is massive because you can see Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Then you can get clear. And then you can decide which boat to swim to and you rejuvenate your energy. You can stop again. You don't have to jump in the first boat because you're not exhausted from just swimming forward. So in the free gift, what I realized I did for myself, I floated. I had to pause, rest, take a moment, you know, kind of listen and reflect and feel and cry it out and kind of go back and I had to revive my life. I had to revive my soul. And so the free gift is soul CPR. I had to connect the dots. I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> this is not, I had a great first 20 years. What happened? How did I get here? So can I connect the dots of my journey? Where were the detours? Where were the reroutes in my life? Where did I lose myself? Where did I give myself away? And then I had to pinpoint the pain that I was still stuck in. What were the emotions? Because like we said earlier, you know, the betrayal already happened. I'm the one that kept betraying myself. What was I still holding on to? What had happened had happened. You know, all pain is old pain, right? Except what we carry energetically. So what were the thoughts? What were the stories? What was it that I was saying about me? And then I had to recover the truth of who I was. And so that is when this all started. Dr. Krista realized, you know, the healing that I had to create for myself before I started swimming again in life. Wow. Where do you think you got the energy to just keep on keeping on? I think so many people would have just given up, but you have any advice for people that are just worn out they don't know where to go they know what to do and but how do you how do you keep on going I would say we all have the ability the energy we all have it it's all it's in us and it's up to us and what my co-author Tracy McDonald and I say in the book is that it is your power is choice now we can't always see the option of choice when we're in it If you're underwater, you cannot see. So sometimes we need a guiding light. I've had a client call me. I was their flashlight. You know, they're down in the dark hole, but I was, you know, I shined the light for them is what they said. And then they could see the light. Then they could climb out. Mm -hmm. 
So sometimes we need um, a mentor, a therapist, a coach, a, a friend. We need someone to help us see the option. See the choices, yeah. To see the choices because we can't see it when we're in it. But we all have the power. I, Tracy and I uh, did a, a workshop called Powerful Transformation, and we were using the the metaphor of we all are like a hundred watt light bulbs, but we have this uh, built in dimmer switch <laughs> and some of us get, get that dimmer switch kind of down in that 10 to 20 Watts, but we all have the hundred watt potential. And so what's dimming our light and we don't, then we're, we lose the power of perspective. So it's, if you're willing to be open, if you're willing to shift, there's a gift in it. There's always another option from where you're at. And I worked for an airline for 17 years. My brother's a pilot. My husband's in airline maintenance. And so I often talk in these kind of metaphors too, but, but you know, that, that whole shift thing, you know, if you'll just you don't have to be take a huge step to change your life. You really don't. When when a pilot's planning his his flight plan for his flight path, they use they use headings and they use degrees. And it, just a small degree change can can change your destination completely. Mm-hmm. So just paying attention to that. Now that works in the negative as well. You know, if this was your plan and you go off a couple degrees, you're going to end up somewhere else. So, so (laughs) noticing that's why we always want to check in with ourselves. And that's why I stop and float a minute. Where am I headed and come back together? And I think we miss that sometimes. So I, I have clients, some that are stuck, but I have some that just keep going until they're burnt out and they're overwhelmed. And then they start sinking because they didn't take time to check in they didn't take yeah they didn't take time to that rest and pause and reflect and that's part of uh why tracy and i designed the book the way we did it's a collection of short personal intimate stories each followed by a reflection section for the reader so that they will stop and pause and reflect not because their story is going to be the same as mine or tracy's but Each is a common theme to life. We've all been betrayed on some level by someone. We've all had to find courage at some point in life. We've all had to cling to hope. We've all had to to quiet that inner critic. We've all had to figure out how to be our own best friend. We've all had to choose forgiveness at some point. We've all had to figure out how to be true to ourselves and more. So those things are common to all of us. So the, 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 I guess the strategy of the book is read our story, get drawn in just enough. Certainly all the details, not there by any means, but read our story, get drawn in from that theme. Now answer these coaching questions after the story about your life and how that theme relates to your life and either be reminded of a time where you, there was something about you that got through something. What was it? Strength, a character trait. And how can you use that now to overcome something you're facing? Because we forget our successes. We forget what we did well. Or 
recognize, you know what, I'm still stuck in this story. You know, like I was stuck for years carrying that story, didn't realize, and it led to the next choice, the next consequence, therefore. So recognize how is this story still affecting me? So perhaps release it by answering these reflective questions. And then we have a place for you to then write your new story in the book. So that's the goal. And that's why it's written that way. And, and Christina, it just kind of came about by Tracy and I connecting as colleagues and really being just maybe just the way the two of you did, recognizing we were, were great partners and collaborators. Yeah. And we created content together as workshops and, and had named one to get to shift because we just love talking about the power of perspective and, and the ability to shift, to create momentum in life. And uh, I had always wanted to write a book. I always thought it'd be a novel, but <laughs> down a different path and you know, maybe a novel come in retirement. I don't know, but uh, this is, this is what I've been called to do. And I just kept urging Tracy and her nose finally became yes, and here it is. Well, awesome. And I just want to do a quick station break, and we're going to come back to that thought that you had. Um, so you're listening, if you just tuned in, to New Reality Solutions with Drs. Art Emmerich and Christina Winsey. And tonight we're talking with Ann Paparotti, co-author of Gift, in, uh, Gift of Shift, Discover the Key Within to Unlock Your Best Life. And we're helping you, or Anne is helping you, to find a way to get past some of the biggest tragedies in life. Um, you're welcome to call directly into the show. And if you're in the United States, you can call toll-free at 1-888-627-6008. If you're outside the U.S., you can call one 323 744 4831 So, Anne, very profound stuff here. Uh, Very profound. And, you know, I think, as Dr. Art said, um, or asked, what caused you to be able to come back as opposed to uh, other people who sometimes sink under the weight of tragedy? And what I'm hearing you say is that you actually took the time to do the self-reflection and to assess where you where you were, what actually caused everything to happen. And so, you know, um, I, I believe in the last two years, people have gone through so much fear and so much of a challenge to personal survival, um, personal wellness. Uh, there's been just this, this cloud on, on the world. And so your book is so timely because people need to know how to come back from this. This is, this has affected everyone. We have more uh, child abuse and family violence and alcoholism and drug addiction and people are suffering. So, um, you know, we're thrilled to get this message of your book out there. You have something here that you talk about. Um, I think you already talked about the story of grits had to do with your son, but correct me on that. And then you have the gift of J O M O Jomo. Um, 
and FOMO. So maybe you could talk about that. Sure, absolutely. Um, and, and yes, just to echo what's everyone going through at this time has been so difficult, but that reflection that I was talking about to go back, who were you before this? Who were you before this, before the pain that created the behaviors that are not true to you, that are not your authentic self, that are in conflict or in, or, or victimizing yourself or someone else. And let's go back and see where, where, what started this. That's the reflection and the, what are the lessons to learn and what can we start over with? Because that's where we're going to learn the lessons and make the changes and find out there are options. There are options. The, and this leads right into the chapter that you're asking about the gift of JOMO. So for anyone listening who does not know these acronyms, who do, does not know, JOMO is joy of missing out. FOMO is fear of missing out and they are opposites. So fear is the thief of joy. Fear is the thief of joy. And now for some people, FOMO, fear of missing out, can be a deeper issue, you know, like fear of rejection. It could be fear of not being liked or the fear, the, the, the need to, to fit in. So that can create FOMO, fear of missing out. But when the pandemic first hit, we saw both happening for people. It was, I get to stay home or it was, I'm locked down. I have to stay home. So you had JOMO and FOMO. If some people were doing this dance with the two mindsets kind of back and forth. So some people were, you know, for a week or two, okay, I'm in JOMO, you know, I'm on vacation and I'm getting paid. And then FOMO now, what? I can't go to the restaurant I want to go to. And I have to wear a mask and a da, 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 and focused on the can'ts and the no's in their life and the, all of the blocks. So, and then the people that focused on the JOMO were learning how to garden and were learning how to bake bread. And we were selling out of yeast at the grocery store because people were learning all these different skills and trying to take advantage of the gift of staying home. So we saw these different mindsets doing this dance. So the thing is, it's a choice. It's a mindset. Jomo is a mindset. So we were all in the same circumstance at the same time. So which would you choose? Jomo or FOMO? Mm. And that's where I see that. And, you know, for me, when I'm in that dance, I always have to hold them accountable to one another. Jomo always represents love. And FOMO always represents necessity, need, and, you know, have to and lack. And, you know, well, the other is abundance and desire. And, you know, there's just a whole different mindset with each of them. And at the end of the day, you know, for me, I had to let joy step in on the dance, step on fear's toes and (laughs) off the dance floor you go, you know, (laughs) again, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. And you have to decide 
how you want to live. And at the end of the day, when we talk about how do, you know, how did I get here and how do other people get here when you evaluate it and, and you, when you reflect and you want to be, where do you want to be? You got to know how you want to feel when you challenge your beliefs also, and you recognize you're responsible for creating your outcomes in life, how you experience life, despite the circumstances. What do you want? Joy or fear? Well, I've chosen joy despite my laundry list of loss. <laughs> okay. Loss. But I've also, I've gone through grief. I allow myself to experience the emotions. But I also then, you know what? I choose the beliefs that empower me. I'm going to choose because that's a choice as well, what we believe. So I choose beliefs that empower me rather than ones that disempower me. Now, emotions, that's a, that's a whole story, you know, in and of itself. And Tracy wrote a beautiful chapter in the book called the gift of mirror mirror, all about emotions and learning how to, to manage those and to recognize them and to honor and validate our emotions. And that's one thing that I certainly had to learn how to do. And uh, one story, the gift of Charlie Brown is about the, the death of my child. And I describe grief, like the rent cycle in the washing machine. And, you know, it's going one direction, then it goes the other, speeds up, slows down. And it's like being slammed against the wall. Then the door opens at the end. And then you're the sock stuck in the gasket. And then somebody sl slams the door and starts it all over again. You're just, it's just, you just don't know when it's going to end. And I went through the, you know, this, the depth of grief. I wanted to die. And so I understand getting stuck in grief. I understand getting stuck in that darkness. I understand getting, it's, it's, where somebody's saying it's a choice. Oh, really? Good for you. I get it. Okay. I get it that it's not that easy when you're in it. But I also understand that, that if I allow myself to feel it and acknowledge it rather than bury it. And I love that acronym that you had, Dr. Chris, for it. You know, when I was talking about the overs and the unders, rather than avoid my pain. If I will feel my pain and acknowledge it as real and natural and valid. And because I loved, whether it was the betrayal of a friend or the death of my son, I'm feeling it because I loved, then I'm going to also heal because I love, but I have to love myself to do that. And then I can move on through and through means I'm going to arrive somewhere else. And I choose to be healthy and I choose to love life. And I choose the gift of shifting that perspective. You must be a master of forgiveness. There must be a lot of people that you could have blamed for a lot of things. Somehow you figured out a way to forgive them. What was that about? What's that process? The lesson's always in letting go, isn't it, Dr. Art? <laughs> yeah, I don't care what it is. The lesson's always in letting go. And I do not have Mother Teresa style forgiveness. Okay, <laughs> I don't have that level. That's not in me. But what I do have is 
the level that keeps me from being pulled under. And that's just the letting go level. I I've learned, I've learned to let go of anyone and anything that will pull me back under into that darkness of being victimized or in conflict with life. And that means I'm taking responsibility. So I had to redefine the word forgiveness for myself. And I call it the F word in our business. Uh (laughs) And I tell people, and when I'm talking to a client, I'm like, okay, you got, it's time to F them. And they're like, what? Okay. We, it's time to (laughs) F this or F them. And they're like, what do you, you got to let go. And that's all I mean. And that's how I now define forgiveness. Let go of anyone, anything that will sink me again into the depths of victimization and conflict. I helpless, hopeless, defeated, angry, defiant, frustrated, humiliated, blaming somebody else. No, I got to get out of that. I lose or you lose there. This somebody's got to lose mentality does not allow me to enjoy life. And I choose to enjoy life. What is that saying where um, hating someone is like uh, you drinking poison and expecting them to die? And hey, you brought up my snake bite. And let me tell you, (laughs) (laughs) Trace. Tracy wrote the chapter on forgiveness in our book, but I almost fought her for it because (laughs) snake bite was my, was my literal experience about that. I, I was bitten by a poison snake when I was home visiting um, in Alabama. I was living in Montreal, Quebec at the time, no poisonous snakes on the Island of Montreal. So trust me, I thought about stay in there forever. I lived 14 years. I'm now in the Dallas, Texas area, but I, I, that when, when that happened and it was a a late onset, uh, poisoning or, or effect on my body. So by the time I was having the effects, I was back in Canada and the doctors did not know what to do with me, but my respiratory system was affected, my circulatory system, my nervous system as poison designed to do. And I got really, really, really ill, but eventually months into it. And I was, I, it was like a flower not being watered and I was shriveling up and withering away. I was sick. I was dying from the mm. inside out, but uh, a, a holistic doctor, an osteopath, not like the osteopaths we have in the States. She was trained in France and she was amazing, but she's the one that was able to figure out. She's like, you've been poisoned. I'm like, well, back in July (laughs) and now it's November at this point, but I finally got some relief and eventually uh, everything started opening back up and, and my health was restored over a long, long period of time, a couple of years, even to get my muscles had atrophied and lots of, lots of terrible, terrible things. However, what I learned was exactly what you just spoke about, Dr. Chris, holding on to the poison. And I just kept thinking, oh, I get it. I get it. Mm. I get it. I get it. This is what they say when it means, when they say it'll eat you up inside. Yes. It was eating me up inside this, this literal toxin, this poison. And I got the literal meaning 
of of the cost of unforgiveness now i just want to say we have a caller that you know named lee in alabama who wants to make a comment so hey good evening everybody i just wanted to make a quick comment about how this book by ann and tracy really shifted my life And I won't belabor the long story. Everybody has one. But I think that what you were talking about, Anne, with the poison. Yeah. As I worked through the chapters, and it takes more than once sometimes, um, I realized that I was holding on to so many things from my childhood that were still replaying in my life today. And I learned how to pivot with a purpose Mm -hmm. from this book. And I'm so thankful that you guys wrote it and that I got to experience it and read it and share it with other people. Thank you. Thank you for for calling in. Yes. And telling us that and, You know, there's no possible way that this isn't a very impactful book (laughs) and you're going to help a lot of people with it. So, yeah, thanks for calling in, Lee. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that experience. Yeah. So, Anne, um, just looking back over your life, if you had come to yourself for coaching uh, early on, what what do you think you would have told yourself? What, What are some of the key messages that you would that you would like to deliver to that younger self? I would absolutely be asking me what has a grip on your heart? Grip on your heart, okay. What has a grip on your heart? Because I think that there, that to reveal that story, because I think that's what this book is trying to do for people. What has a grip on your heart? what still has a grip on your heart. Sometimes it's that story of the past, but also what might have a grip on your heart is what's yet to be done. Okay. And like I said, I always wanted to write a book. I wanted to write a book since I was 17. So then that would lead into that. What's holding you back. Well, that's going to get into that belief system probably about, well, I'm, not worth not good enough maybe and then okay when's the first time you didn't feel good enough who told you you weren't good enough that it leads into all those great coaching conversations that we can have but uh so i think it's what has a grip on your heart and i think that could be past present not yet happened thing Yeah. yeah you know i think that's what's so powerful about your book is that you have this this, uh, you know, when, when we tell clients to journal, they're like, well, I don't know what to write, but when you have the prompts there, because you've been there and you know what the prompts need to be so that they can heal, that's extremely powerful. Yeah. We've been told that the other thing that I, I have found from, or heard as feedback from readers of the book, we have a private Facebook group for readers and we have a monthly Mm -hmm 
chapter discussion. And nice. so we get a lot of feedback from our readers. And one thing is that they love that it's short stories. They love that it's personal stories as well. Um, but because a lot of self-help books, they say they find overwhelming. Yes. They're too academic, perhaps. Yes. So they buy them because they want the help, but then they get into them and they can't finish them. Yeah. And so, yeah. And they find that, you know, the power of the personal stories we all know is, is tremendous. And so it's that whole me too, me too. That's how people, because they hear their truth in someone else's story and then they feel validated and, and acknowledged without having to be in the room with somebody just, by 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 hearing or reading the story and then that gives them that I think that permission to be able to then start sharing their own awesome so we are a real gift with this f word thing so I want to give you a gift back (laughs) I want to give you a gift back it's called bs all this (laughs) stuff is bs that stands for belief systems Oh, yeah. <laughs> if your belief system is screwed up, that's gonna that's gonna be the trap that holds you. So I, yeah. I I call all these belief systems are just so much BS. You know, you gotta examine them. You gotta know what's in there. You know, just get at it. Love that. Love that. <laughs> well, we are again running out of time. I hate to say this, but what I want to be sure is that people know how to connect with you, how to get mm. your book, and also um, the free gift that you have for people. Um, uh, Thomas, if you would put up the uh, photo that has the link, um, tell us about your free gift, Anne. Awesome. So that is, it's a, it's a mini course and it's a soul CPR mini course that I was describing earlier. So there's a little video introduction and then there's the three part course. It's going to take you through the C connect the dots of your journey. You're going to do a little kind of like a little life map about how you got to where you're at. And then you're going to pinpoint the pain and take you through some coaching questions to help you figure out what emotion is still, you're still stuck in perhaps Mm. that carrying you through and holding you back in life somehow. And then we're going to recover the truth of who you are, kind of realign you with the, your, your, your true values, not those fear-based ones, (laughs) but those, those true values that are really important to you that uh, for how you want to show up in the world moving forward. And then it's going to give you some, some more resources. And if you want to Uh, any additional help from that point, then you can connect with me. Awesome. Well, and uh, your website is skyviewcoaching.com. And for those of you who are listening and not watching, we will have in the archive show description, the link to Anne's free gift, or you can write to us at contact nrshow at gmail.com and Thomas is putting our email up on the on the screen if if you're listening it doesn't help so it's contact n is a new r is in reality show at gmail.com and we'll make sure that you get that free gift uh, link for for n and um I, I just want to say uh, next week uh February 25th we'll be t- talking with Geraldine Mayer all the way from Scotland. She's author of a powerful self-help series of books called Phoenix Rising. Geraldine learned firsthand how to go from conformity 
to courage. She has an incredible story. Her mission is to awaken your consciousness to better choices and a life without limits. And uh, we'll save that surprise for next week. But Anne, thank you so much for being with us. Any final comment, Dr. Art, that you want to make? And Just um, you... You've accomplished so much already. I just wondered what what is the motivation to, that gets you up every morning, ready to go do something else? You know, where where does that motivation come from? You know what? It comes from I, I teach fitness class every morning first thing before I start oh. my work day. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think you know it's important to move the body, as I think you both agree. And mm-hmm. I, I think my motivation is because of it's just it's my clients. It's the stories I get back. And I think that I know that I'm fulfilling my purpose. I've known since kindergarten, I didn't realize it till I connected the dots, Uh, but I've known since kindergarten, the teacher put me by the, you know, the troublemaker child because he (laughs) would listen to me and I would listen to him and he would calm down. And so I've just, I do what I'm supposed to do. And so I, I love it. And I'm here, but I, I take care of myself so that I can take care of others in the way that I've been called to serve. And so here I am. That's awesome. There's a Mother Teresa story that uh, a, a reporter was following her around at the end of the day. He said, Mother Teresa, I wouldn't do what you do for a million dollars. And she looked at him and she said, I wouldn't either. <laughs> so the motivation's coming from somewhere else. divine intervention somewhere but i i really applaud you guys for what you're doing for everyone and giving them this kind of uh, information and uplifting opportunities during this this time that we're all going through that's just extended (laughs) it keeps extending and and so thank you for your service well you've just made it better and better thank you so much for being with us thank you for being with us and uh, folks please please check out ann's book gift of shift fabulous so with that we're going to say goodbye for another week and uh we we just we look forward to being with all of you and thanks so much for joining us and have a great week all right good night thank you bye-bye Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed this show, please consider being a supporter. You can find that on our show page. Tune in every Friday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash new reality show for announcements of upcoming topics and exciting guest interviews. Bye for now.